approving of yourself and loving yourself exactly as you are is such an important way to prime your day. But there's also one more thing. As we're all trying to, well, not trying, but we're all improving our lives. Like we have, we're taking deliberate steps to move forward in every area of our lives. We have to be grateful for where we are right now in order to be grateful for where we get to. If we're not grateful for what is in our surroundings right now, all the little details, right? Like let's say financially, you're not where you want to be. Well, be grateful because this is a start. Like this is your start to your financial journey, right? If you're not where you want to be in your health, well, you have a body, you have a mind, you have a heart, you have a spirit, and you're able to take your first steps forward. No matter what, you have to be grateful for where you are in order for you to be grateful for what you have later. And that also decreases any sort of self-sabotage that you want to do, where whether it comes from fear of failure or fear of success. That's Natalie Janji, and I'm Brian Falchuk. The Do A Day Podcast. Will you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned? I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Day doers, welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast. Another season, more to give you, more growth for everybody to have. I am so excited to bring this episode to you. This is someone who I was introduced to by Mark Crandall. You guys probably heard his episode in uh, in second season. It came out in January of 2019. If you listen to that, you know how important and special and impactful Mark is to me. And when he tells me, you got to get to know this person, I take that really seriously. And he was right. So this is Natalie Janji. Natalie is one of the authors in Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning series. She wrote The Miracle Morning for students. Uh, She found The Miracle Morning to really help her at a point in her life where she was stuck questioning the path she was on. She was studying chemistry, going pre-med, and as good as she was at it, as much as she enjoyed it, she realized it wasn't resonating with her the way she thought it should. The way that she wanted it to if she was really going to pursue it for the rest of her life. And, you know, for her to sit there and say, well, look, I put all this time and effort into it. How can I walk away? Well, actually, I really have to. That was a bold step. And she did that through the practices that Hal teaches in the Miracle Morning. And she realized there's a story for students as well. So she wanted to take that on. And, you know, a lot of people get inspired to do things like that and do absolutely nothing with it. Not Natalie. So she took it upon herself to reach out to Hal and to ask to do it and to press and to put the work in to make it happen. And that's exactly what's happened. And it's been a worldwide huge seller. It's been translated into tons of languages. She touches on how it's just getting translated into Mongolian uh, she's had tremendous impact on the world and the Miracle Morning community more broadly. Uh, you you got to listen to her. And she shares, she shares this mentality that she uses to deal with anxiety, to deal with those moments of feeling stuck, to deal with wondering how things are going to turn out and to take ownership of that, which is amazing. 
So you got to listen. You will absolutely take power from this. And I want you to think about bringing it into your life. One other thing you can do, you've been listening to this show, hopefully for all 50 plus episodes into the third season. If you haven't, definitely go back and listen to the, the prior episodes as well. But if you've been listening, hopefully you've been getting something out of it. And I need to ask you to give something back. I want to have as much of an impact on as many people as possible. Natalie talks about her book being read is like making friends. Everyone who reads the book, she's like making friends with them and connecting with them. And that's such a beautiful way to think about it. I want to connect with as many people as I can. So if you are listening to these episodes and you're feeling something, it's speaking to you, it's inspiring you, I want to ask you to share it with someone else. I want you to subscribe. I want you to give ratings and iTunes and all. Like I want, I want that because you feel it and mean it. And I would be so thankful for that. But the thing I really want is I want you to share the show with someone you care about, someone you think would benefit from hearing these stories, hearing this inspiration, hearing this guidance from other people who have been through it too. If there's someone in your life that you think this would resonate with, and look, we all know people who struggle, who need a little bit of inspiration, some help, a point to resonate with. We all know people like that. So I want you to share the show with someone. It's really easy to do. Just tell them to go to doadaypodcast.com and they can take care of the rest. So one quick note before we, before we jump in. This is kind of wild. We're in the middle of recording and the power goes out where Natalie's at, out in California. And so all of a sudden, the whole thing just goes dead. And it took us like two more weeks to, uh, to find time to finish up the interview. Um, I think we did a really good job recovering. I think it flowed pretty well. Um, we, uh, we synced up ahead of time and kind of talked through where we were at so we could try to pick it back up. I think we did a good job. Uh, but just a heads up, that happens. Hey, that's life. That's, you know, that's what do a day is all about. Like we can't let that stop us, but just, you know, know that we'll see if you can figure out where it was. Um, it's a great conversation. I think it flowed regardless, even with power outages, even with time standing in the way we move forward. All right. You're going to share the show. And most importantly, you're going to listen to Natalie Johnji and her incredibly inspiring, empowering story and guidance. Natalie Johnji, thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And you don't, you don't get to hear me do your intro spiel where I talk about how amazing you are. But um, I do have to say a huge thanks to Mark Crandall for making the connection. And then yeah, when we got this time to talk on the phone a few weeks ago, I was just blown away. And um, I'm so excited to have you here because you've done a ton for, I don't want to be like, oh, you're so young and make that the big thing. But yeah. retrospective, like you are young and you are wise in a way that I think many people never get to. And you've actually done something with all that. So like, it's one thing to be young. It's another to be young and super mature and wise and curious. And it's another to actually do something with those gifts and try to create change and create impact. And like you tick all three boxes. So that is awesome. And I'm psyched to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I also don't like to play like, oh, I'm super young, like that card, because I just I like living up to a, a level of the peers I surround myself with. And like yes. Mark is one of those people and uh, that I'm really grateful that he also connected us. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm really grateful to be here. I love your message of do a day. And I don't know, I we're like kindred spirits in a way. And the audience, yeah. the the listeners will find out why. 
Yeah, the word two little letters, D O. Yep. Kind of bond us. Um yeah. and we will get into all that. Natalie, can you walk us through the, you know, you've you've got this claim to fame and we're not gonna we're not gonna make this the focus of the show, but it is it's a big deal for people who know how how Elrod um that you're you're part of his book movement, you're part of his group, that you were the brains and, and the the fingers on the keyboard behind the Miracle Morning for college students, which is not just putting the ideas together there, but the way that you actually made that happen. I love that whole story. So just like fill us in on on the backstory and how you got into that. And then I really want to focus on what you've taken from that opportunity and your building going forward, because that's that's the do part. And that's the part that really blows me away. Yeah, it's a. I mean, we're about to get into a really good story. So, I, I the story it starts when I was sixteen. Uh, when I was sixteen years old, Hal came. Hal <clears throat> Hal Elrod came and spoke in my high school. I was a junior. I I'm pretty sure I was like depressed at that point in my life because I had just had knee surgery and I don't know. I was I was going through something. And it was the end of my junior year and Hal came and was one of the speakers at my high school. And, you know, this guy who I didn't know would now become like my co-author, um, he was saying all these crazy things like positivity is a choice and like you get to choose your outlook on life. And I'm like, really? Like you really get to do yeah. that? <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I don't know what it was, but his words just kind of stuck with me. And it really, it really came into play when I went to college and I was studying chemistry and, you know, the depression kind of didn't go away, but the anxiety I had just started increasing with each year. You know, I was freaking out about what I wanted to do about my future. And if chemistry was it, I, I just felt really disconnected. I felt like I wasn't living the life I needed to, and I wasn't finding joy in any place. And the only person that I could remember during that time was Hal. I was like, if I could mm. live with the positivity that he had during that speech, then I like I'm good to go. So I picked up the Miracle Morning in 2014, and I started reading it. But I had so little confidence that I. Like I knew that was like the secret sauce, but I, mm -hmm. I needed, I needed to read it again and again. And so, you know, through, I, I went to Germany for four months. I studied abroad. I called it my responsible running away. Okay. Uh, and, um, I took his book with me and I was reading it all over Europe over and over again until I just kind of decided to jump in with both feet and, so I was practicing the Miracle Morning for about a year and a half up until the end of college. And, you know, I kind of had like a freak out moment. I was like, well, what the heck am I going to do after college? Um, I I just realized like I, I didn't know anything about chemistry. <laughs> Even after mm. four years, I was like, I, I think it would be OK to not continue with that because I was really unhappy with that. And Wait, can I, I can I cut you off for a second? Yeah. So like we, when you were talking about the disconnect with chemistry, I was so tempted to jump in then and say, well, why were you studying it? Like, what did bring you there? Mm -hmm. Um, I I really thought I wanted to be a doctor, and I I mean, 
since I was a, a very young kid, I knew I wanted to help people. It's like mm-hmm. the only thing I knew. I know there are some people who like at the age of like six know exactly what they want to do with their future. I wasn't one of those people. I All I really knew is that I wanted to help people. And I thought that like being a doctor was a good way to go. So, and also I'm it's Armenian. like your parents were pressuring you or... Uh, I mean, there is that Armenian cultural influence where like, you know, you're either a doctor or a lawyer or something else. But like, I didn't mind. Like I used to go to all my grandma's doctor's appointments as a kid. And like, I was really fascinated by the field. I loved science. I Mm -hmm. took so many science classes in high school and like more than any other student there. Um, Yeah, I just I really loved it. And the one thing I loved about it was that I was definitely learning something new every day by being in the sciences. However, I learned the hard way that that is not a good enough reason to study chemistry for four years. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I don't know, with each year I was like I was looking around at my peers who were more naturally inclined for, you know, the sciences. And I it just. I don't know. It took me a few years to just kind of accept the fact that this wasn't going to be my route. You know, you can push. It's like I felt like I kept pushing a wall, like trying to be something I wasn't. And I I can remember the very clear moment I was talking to my roommate my senior year. So it took four years. I was uh, my roommate. Her name was Taylor. And um this girl is brilliant. She got straight A's all four years, like like highest GPA in our entire class, like of a like fifteen hundred wow. people. Uh, she's in she's at UCSF now, doing her PhD in immunology or something. Wow! And I know okay. she's freaking brilliant, and uh, also like one of the nicest people I've ever met. So like you could not hate her for like how smart she was, and like mm-hmm. there's always that weird competitive spirit in school. Yeah. Like I love you, but like we're competing. Uh, right. And I remember one day I woke up and um, she was reading our physical chemistry book at like seven in the morning with her breakfast. And I just looked at her and I'm like, Taylor, one day I'm going to find something I love the way you love studying chemistry. And that was it. And it just gave me the freedom to explore what it is that I was meant to do. And it like that kind of freedom to myself was what allowed me to have this path. And so then the follow up question was like, okay, Natalie, um, what what did you learn the last four years? Right. If it wasn't chemistry, what did you learn? And I realized that what I learned was how to use a morning routine to help me as a student. I was like, okay. and it, I, I was really involved with um, with student services. I I worked in like orientation for a few years. I was an RA in college. I just I genuinely loved helping students who were maybe a few steps behind, maybe a year younger, just kind of catch them up, um, yeah. make their transition smoother. I really I found love there. And so that's and then combining that part of my extracurriculars with the miracle morning, I found that like I could combine those two. And the only logical thing that came to me was writing a book for students. 
And I was like, okay, but if, if it's about the miracle morning, then it has to be with the miracle morning. It has to be with the brand. And yeah. so I had this terrifying moment where I realized I had to reach out to Hal, even though he didn't know me. And I just, I, I sent him a Facebook message and he responded like pretty much saying like, Hey, like you spoke at my high school. I've read the miracle morning. Um, it really helped me a lot as a human being and as a student, uh, I separate those two because sometimes, um, students think that that's all they are, but really there is a separation there. And, um, you know, I just, I reached out and he asked me to send a proposal. I didn't have a proposal. (laughs) Uh, I sent a proposal. Never written a proposal like that before. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then there was like a, a bestselling author at our university and I asked him, I'm like, what's a book proposal? And he's like, it's like a 500 page document of like all the chapters in your book. And I was like, I don't have time what? for that. Yeah, he because like he's he's like published. I was just looking for information. The most I had written was a lab report where like no fluff was allowed. Right? They're like, this is the molecule, and here's yeah. its molecular weight, and you know all. I didn't know. I didn't know what a book proposal was, so I was reaching out. Well, it sounds like he doesn't either, though. Five hundred pages. I don't know what publisher he's working with, but yeah. <laughs> um. I pretty much ended up writing like a 10 page front and back <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. No, um, that's good. Yeah, I reached and then I sent it to them. And it was, I don't know, two months later, it was my graduation day. Uh, my family has no idea what I'm doing after college. Little do yep. they know of the secret plans I have, but can't really, I can't really share it with them because I don't know. I didn't want to get their hopes down if it well, did. I was just kind of blown away. Like you, you stayed on the, um, the chemistry path. Even though you had all that doubt, you continued on with it. That was the other thing I was going to ask you about. Yeah. But all right. So you you persevered. You went through that, even though you felt the disconnect. You put out the proposal, graduation day. What are you going to be when you grow up and you can't answer the question? So (laughs) what happens? Um, I... I don't know. I I just had this really deep belief that like no matter what I did, it was going to be excellent. Like I Mm. just I was I had that positivity. Right. I had at that point in my life, I had very low tolerance for BS. Like I I I I was done living the the sad life I had. Like depression sucks, anxiety sucks, and I was like I'm going to literally like set the world on fire with what I'm passionate about. And I was like, no matter what, I'm going to find a way. And uh, it was funny because like president Bill Clinton was our commencement speaker. And like the guy said like the longest commencement speech ever. And like the entire time, all I was thinking about was like, I'm going to send another email to hell because they haven't responded (laughs) back yet. And uh, so like a month later, it was three months. I it was three months after I sent that original proposal. I reached out again and, um, like I, I sent, like, it was like the longest email of my life. And, and then I went, I sent it, I went to a workout class. And by the time I was out of my workout, I had a response from Hal. So an wow. hour, we went from three months to a one hour response and he pretty much saying like, come to Chicago, like we're discussing the future of the miracle morning. I'm not promising anything, but you should probably be there. I'm like, cool. That was in 10 days. So I, and I've never been to a conference before. So yeah. I, I didn't, I thought I was going to be tested or something. So I prepared an hour long PowerPoint presentation 
um, <laughs> makes me laugh thinking about it. I, I, I made an hour long PowerPoint presentation. I printed out the slides. I made 200 flyers of what the miracle morning for college students would be about so that I could give it to every attendee there. If I were to do this presentation in front of them and I had this Kinko's box, um, that I took with me in my carry on, on my way to Chicago. Wow. And, um, none of that was, um, needed because I realized that conferences are like completely pre-planned, like to the T. Uh, yeah. but it, it helped me mentally because mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it was like an eye of the tiger moment. Like I'm going in there and I'm not leaving without confirmation that this book is happening. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, um, and that's what, that's exactly what happened. I went in there, uh, on the first day, Hal looked at me and he said, no, and then um, the next day, um, I, I don't know, like I was, I was in the conference sitting in the front row, had no control over anything. And this is where like, I would say like my higher power definitely stepped in. Cause like, there's only so much I could do. I did everything, but this is like where like, you know, the, the higher power, God, whatever you might call it. Um, for me, I say God. So that's where God really stepped in for me. And, um, yeah, within 24 hours that changed. And, um, they said like, we're going to do the book. And I started writing the book a few months later. Wow. And yeah. And then that I had like five months to, you know, put that together. And then it was another five months of production. And Mm -hmm. then the book was out a year and a day after my graduation. Wow. Yeah. It was very surreal, very, very cool moment. Um, and then the set, and then I worked on a planner because that was, I had that idea from the very beginning too. Um, there is no planner out there for morning routines. So mm-hmm. I designed a planner for students. And so that came out that August, last August of 2017 and then uh, in December of last year, they adopted my planner and are using it as the official planner of the Miracle Morning. So it's just crazy that this one idea I had for one book became three. And yeah. um, my first book is now getting translated to Mongolian. And <laughs> I know. That's like that's the measure, right? When you get to that point, it's like, right. Like, like it, it needs to get to that next like last few percentage of the population of the planet. It's so cool. I'm like, I'm so going to Mongolia now. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the third, the planner is getting translated to Russian. So, cool. I mean, it's just, it's That's been a huge. world. I know. Yeah. I'm really grateful. Uh, it's just to have a reach like that from the very beginning. Um, just, yeah, I'm just so grateful. Well, and so there's, there's a secret reason why I wanted to get into this part of your story. I mean, aside from like, you know, it's really cool. And for anyone who doesn't know how, Google him and you'll see pretty quickly, like, this is a big deal. Um, but it to me, it's the whole, like, it's so emblematic of this thing that I've been saying a lot lately about if you don't have something that you want, you need to just ask for it. Mm. Because worst case scenario, and, and this is actually, the worst case scenario is a really hard thing to face when you have anxiety or depression or both, because you catastrophize and you make it much worse than it possibly is. So if you're not writing The Miracle Morning for college students right now, the worst case that happens is you ask Hal and nothing happens or he says no. Mm-hmm. And so you continue to not not be the author of this big selling book. Right. 
But yeah. if you if you go further with it from a, a negativity standpoint, then it's not just that as you look like a fool and you put yourself out there and you got rejected mm -hmm. and you're not good enough. And, you know, it becomes this much bigger form of no. Mm -hmm. And even though you were battling with those things, you didn't let that stop you like you. And maybe it was the repetition of looking at the book. Maybe it was the self-work you were doing. I'm really curious about that. But mm -hmm. you persevered anyway. Mm -hmm. And the only downside was just things are exactly as they are right now. So there's really only upside potential to it. And you're like, that's such blatant proof that you can't actually live that way. Mm. And that's the only path to getting where you want to go, really. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was a crazy jump for me to go from like a college student to writing that book. Imposter syndrome definitely came into play. For sure. Um, yeah. Anxiety was off the charts while writing the book. Uh, yeah, I, there was a lot I had to overcome, uh, especially like limiting beliefs like, okay, like you maybe you're not the best person to write this book. Yeah. But either I think the one thing that kept me persisting was that the, the students needed this book. Like they needed this book, and I was the one writing it, so I had to finish it. And there yep. were deadlines and people keeping me accountable. So no matter like where my brain went, you know, cause like I just, I don't anxiety. I just take it as like a separate thing, right? Like there's me and then there's like my anxious thoughts that just aren't true. And, um, I just, I had to separate it and be like, okay, the work needs to get done. And I just started writing it for the love of, you know, making a new friend in a way. Cause nice. like, at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm the same age as the people I was writing to. So yes. like, we're all like, we're all going to be friends after you guys are right. going to hear my story and it's going to be awesome. And so now we have this community of students on Facebook who've read the book and it's like, wow, look at all my friends all around the world. And like, they've read my words and right. yeah. Uh, yeah. Anxiety sucks, but there is, um, you know, there, there are just these messages like do a day and the message we're like about to get into, which also has to do with doing right. That just really, really helps you just quiet that noise. It's just, it's like unpopular noise. You can quiet it down and move fearlessly towards this life that you will love. We all deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting when you just called it unpopular noise. I'm like, well, it's kind of popular because it's all over the place, but it's not. It's what it is, is it's like bully noise. Mm -hmm. And where do, where do bullies' behaviors come from? They come from insecurity, mm -hmm. which is exactly where that noise comes from. So it's yeah. it, like, and, and bullies tend to, at least in the movies, they have like tons of friends and it's more that people are scared of them. Right. But like, it's all from a place of insecurity, which is exactly where these limiting negative self-views come from. Absolutely. Yeah. And like you... I, you know what the funny thing is, I was talking to someone yesterday and, uh, I mean, for people who have anxiety, it's like, like you judge yourself before anyone else could even like have yeah. a chance to, like, we are right. so quick to judge. Um, like we are our own worst enemy. I mean, those thoughts are really, so uh, yeah. I've just, I've just been working on like improving my health so that yeah. I'm, I'm not feeding that noise. Cause like, yeah, it's just false. They're not true. Yeah. I, I talk a lot about it as if it, it's like a ventriloquist or puppet. It's like, you know, when I talk about my weight loss, like, you know, being judged as the fat kid, 
I always say like by other people, or maybe it's really by myself mm. on their behalf. Like it's like my hands in their, you know, in their mouth, like making it move. But it, those are my thoughts and words coming out of their mouth. I don't know what they like. Are, am I really, am I really the center of their whole thought process that they're like spending all this time thinking about me and framing? <laughs> like maybe, probably not. Seriously. Um, but yeah, so it, true. Is, it comes from us. Um, okay. We got, we got to, we got to do moving on to the, because I'm so anxious to get out this next idea. <laughs> yeah. Because um, it's awesome. When you said it to me on the phone, I was like, oh my God, that it's it's a phrase that everyone uses, but not with that emphasis. And the emphasis that you put on it completely changes the game. So yeah. can can you do that? Can you walk us through <laughs> this? Uh, I'm being super secretive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hook us up. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So has ever has anyone ever told you like, hey, Ryan, don't worry. It's all going to be okay. Or like, Oh my God. Yeah. Right. Like they, they just kind of, it's like a, it's like a, an emotional pat on the back. <laughs> like, don't worry. But like, I think it's, it's like one of the worst, <laughs> I think it's one of the worst responses anyone could give to you. So, uh, in college, when I was reaching out to people for help, because I was like, I'm failing these classes. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, like how how the heck do I like what do I do? I'm stuck. Um, you know, they just kind of look at me and be like, Natalie, don't worry, you'll figure it out. Or don't worry, like it'll work itself out. Oh, that was my yeah. favorite one. Like it'll work itself out. So passive. Um it's, it's like it's a pimple. Just yeah. Like give it three days and stop <laughs> touching it. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah, god, that was that's really funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that one for use later. That one I'm like, gonna use that one for sure. Pimple. Yeah, it'll figure itself. My life will figure itself out. So, right. you know, while there was that split second of like, okay, like they heard me and they, you know, they kind of comforted me. It was like a split second of like, thank you. You know, the next second you realize that they literally did not tell you anything useful. Like they did not give you a solution. They didn't give you a step to take forward. And you are still in the same position before you talk to them and after talking to them. I think the the one thing yeah. they did is probably just waste time. Um, and you know what I found was people who use the word, who use that phrase, don't worry. You know, they had something else on their mind. Like they they had somewhere to be. Um, they're, they're, they have to send an email or like they're about to step into a meeting or... Um, they they're thinking about something, you know, it's just they're not present with you and they don't have the time or they haven't decided to take the time to really listen to you and see what you need and what you're actually telling them. And so I heard so many don't worries that I don't know, it just came up in conversation. Um, I was talking and I'm like, what we really need is for people to tell us what we can do about it not yeah. worry, right? Do not worry. And I was like, ah, ah do yeah. not worry. And so for the listeners, it's like, do comma, not worry. So yeah. it's not it, the, the energy and the focus is now changed between these two phrases. So don't worry. The focus on that is on not worrying, but the focus on do not worry is about doing to not worry. Only by doing do you have the capacity to not worry. And Brilliant. what I found was that 
when we did, when people said, don't worry. And like, you took that as like, okay, I shouldn't worry about this. Like there's nothing to worry about. We were taking our problem and suppressing it and silencing it and making it even worse. Right. Yeah. We weren't, we were avoiding it. And what we really needed to do was to look at it right in its eye and say, what are you trying to tell me? Like, what is this nervous thought, this fearful, this anxious thought? Like, what are you trying to tell me about my life? And what I do now is when my anxiety, you know, speaks a little too loud, I take it as a gift, right? Mm. I say, okay, my body is telling me something and I need to listen. And so instead of having that panic moment of like, okay, I really want to silence this noise. I don't want to face whatever this anxious thought is telling me to face. I repeat that mantra to myself, Natalie, do not worry. You know, I often exhale on the do and exhale on the not worry. And I find that it's a meditation. And so I say that phrase to myself over and over again, Natalie, do not worry. And my brain just goes silent. And I'm able to hear like my heart. I can hear my heart tell me what it is I have to do to take that step forward. And only by doing have I found that my anxiety decreases. And there's, there's always like, there are things that we are anxious about that we have no control over. And there are things that we're anxious about that we do have control over. So like, let's say you have a family member who's flying out to Thailand or something. It's a really long flight. You won't hear from them for like, I don't know, like 14 hours or something. And like, you could choose to be a little anxious about that. But I would go through the questioning. I'd say, okay, what is it you're actually anxious about? And then the answer would be, for them to get there safely. Okay. Can you do something about that? No, like you're not the pilot. You're not like, you're not the passenger sitting next to them. Like you, there's nothing you can do about it. So if there's nothing you can do about it, then there's an entire list of things I tell you to do, right? Like meditating or going for a walk, exercising, you know, there are these things that you can still do, even if you have no control over the situation. So no matter the case, there is always something you can do about your worries. Natalie, that do not worry. I love I love the emphasis on that. I love the power of that. I love this idea that it's about controlling. Well, if you can't control the source of the worry, flipping that around and looking at what you can control and using any number of tools to control your reaction and put you into action around something else that moves you forward. I love that mentality. And, and of course, like the action orientation to it, that's really crucial. Right. Um, we're kind of living that right here because hopefully people can't tell, but we had to uh, skip forward in time because the power went out while we were recording the first time. Now we're <laughs> in the future. It's true. Couple, I think like a couple of weeks later, we yeah. did not worry. Mm-hmm. We did a day. We just chose a different day to do it. And we're, we're jumping right back in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, But I I love this notion. And, you know, one of the things that I've been reflecting on as I listen to this is, especially in this world of social media, but even without it, it feels like pressure and anxiety are really building in society. And 
I know from so many people that I've worked with in coaching, regardless of their age, the the amount of things that they feel as burdens, as must-dos, as obligations, like it seems to be just building and building and building. And like we collectively sort of can't deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm curious your perspective on that in in light of do not worry. Yeah. Um I think you brought up a great point. So I think social media I, I mean it's it's just really interesting like the era we're living in and the fact that like the huge presence that social media has in our lives. Um I mean just simply like I don't even like seeing how many hours I spend on social media when it comes to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, barely on Twitter though. Um, but social media is definitely causing the increased levels of anxiety, like in the United States, around the world, like the rates are only increasing. Um, I read a study that says that anxiety is now, um, hitting people as early as the age of 12. Um, so which that, is, that's crazy. That's, and it, it's terrifying because yeah. I mean, like, no, I'm not married. I don't have kids of my own, but like I have younger cousins who are always spending time on their phone. And like, all I want them to feel is that they're good enough. Right. And so the anxiety is coming from the fact that like, when we're scrolling through our pages, we're just seeing, we're, we're thinking that other people's lives, like for example, let me be clear. Like if we see someone um, like run a triathlon and it's like, okay, well, I'm here like eating a bag of chips, right? And like if I see someone, you know, get accepted into med school, it's like, oh, wait, should I have gone that route? You know, th- those are really basic examples, but we are always living in a very comparison kind of mm. space. Like we're always comparing ourselves to someone else. And The whole point of that is that subconsciously, when we're scrolling through those pages, we are supporting this idea that we are not good enough and that because we're not good enough, we're not going to be loved. And so we perpetuate that, we perpetuate that voice by posting on social media to make sure that we do feel good enough. And that only continues the cycle because that also makes someone else feel worse, right? Like it's, I mean, it's kind of inevitable. Um, And so something about anxiety is just, you know, like, am I doing this right? Like, like, is this the right route? Like, should I be okay with who I am? Um, So there's just a lot of things happening on a subconscious level. And Social media is just, it's really revving the engine of why kids as young as the age of 12 are having anxiety. And Mm -hmm. something that you have to know, like, I think this is something you have to prime yourself with every morning in order to go through your day without having like huge spikes in your anxiety is that number one, you have to love yourself for exactly who you are. Like you have to be able to say like, I approve of myself, right? It's like you have to give yourself your approval and especially like in the do a day mindset, right? Like you can't let your past affect you for your present moment and you can't let the future (laughs) affect you. It hasn't happened yet. So like the something about living in the present moment and 
approving of yourself and loving yourself exactly as you are is such an important way to prime your day. But there's also one more thing. As we're all trying to, well, not trying, but we're all improving our lives. Like we have, we're taking deliberate steps to move forward in every area of our lives. We have to be grateful for where we are right now. Mm. We have to be grateful for where we are right now in order to be grateful for where we get to. If we're not grateful for what is in our surroundings right now, all the little details, right? Like let's say financially, you're not where you want to be. Well, be grateful because this is a start. Like this is your start to your financial journey, right? If you're not where you want to be in your health, well, you have a body, you have a mind, you have a heart, you have a spirit, and you're able to take your first steps forward. No matter what, you have to be grateful for where you are in order for you to be grateful for what you have later. And that also decreases any sort of self-sabotage that you want to do, where whether it comes from fear of failure or fear of success. Um, yeah. So you, you know I agree with all that. The question, though, is how? Because spot on 100%, this is the thing that I find people struggle with the most is they hear the words mm-hmm. and when they go to do it, mm-hmm. they feel fake or they feel like the the little negative voice mm-hmm. sneaks in. It's like, no, I'm I'm grateful for what I have. Oh, but I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know, you, you talk to them about it and it's like, but how could I be grateful? Look at all these ways that I've failed or look at all these things I don't have or the pain that I have in my life. Yeah. They're they're immediately focusing on the other side of it. Right. So what what can you what can you give people to help them see what they should be grateful for? Well, I think I think just an acknowledgement that we are given everything we need to move forward. Like no no matter what background you're from or like who you are, how old you are, no matter what any of those characteristics We are all given everything we need to move forward. So that in itself is a basis for gratitude. And I was thinking about this as we're approaching, well, right now we're recording this kind of towards the end of the year. Yeah. I think some people don't know where to begin in Mm. like starting a journey, right? And here's something that fits really well with the do not worry mindset. Always start from the motherboard. (laughs) So what does that mean? Um, Essentially, like we have our conscious thoughts, right? But it's our subconscious thoughts that are really ruling our lives. And I think we need to start by taking 100% responsibility over our motherboard. The motherboard is really, it's just what controls everything. And so what I have personally been doing for the last month is working on my mindset, right? Like, how is my self-love mindset doing? How is my financial mindset doing? How is my health mindset doing? And when I'm able to, like, feel at peace with going into the past and seeing the stories that aren't serving me anymore and being able to rewrite those stories that's going to send me on a huge trajectory forward. And so there, I mean, there are such amazing books out there, but it's not really like, I know there are some people who just go crazy and they jump into 
these huge transformational things, right? Like they're like, I'm going to run a marathon in three months. I'm like, great. I will support you 100%. But they self-sabotage because their mindset and the stories haven't been dealt with. And Mm. so I always tell people like, if you want to start somewhere, start at the motherboard. And so the whole thing is like, there really isn't anything to worry about because there's always something you can do just at the basis, right? Like if you're confused, go to the mindset. Is your mindset supporting your plan? Is it supporting your goal and your vision for yourself? Hmm. That's, that's where I would begin. And I find that my anxiety shuts off when I do something about it, right? Like I'm not like, I have zero doubt when people make a huge financial jump or a huge health jump or a huge career jump, any, any one of those things, because they worked on their mindset. It's like they, they are believing in the better version of themselves versus the version that's, you know, in the past and doesn't want change. Change is okay. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I think, um, you know, when you, when you reset and you come back to that mindset, if you need to be really aware of the doubt that slips into the conversation as you reset, as you look at how you're feeling, because that's where we, you know, we have, we have these, uh, these ways of putting ourselves down or questioning like, a, you know, I'm not good enough or yes, but mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, that's not resetting then that's not actually, you're, you're just giving yourself another basis to, uh, to knock yourself down. Mm-hmm. So you have to suspend that. There's, it's again, it's a point of, of action. Like you have to actively not look at those pieces of the puzzle and look at what you do have. And like you said, we, you know, we we're given everything that we need to move ahead. And I'm sure there are people listening who are like, no, but I wasn't, or, you know, not in my situation mm-hmm. or I'm, I need this and I don't have it. It's like, well, Okay, look back through your life. Have you ever felt that you haven't been given what you need before? Yeah. And I'm sure the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, you're here. Right. So that means you have still moved ahead. Now, maybe it wasn't ahead in the exact way you envisioned at the time, right. but you're still here. And I, I, my hope is that people take some, um, some proof from that, that actually they do have what they, meet, they need. They just may not know what is on that need, you know, that, that list of needs just yet. Yeah. I think on a whole other level, I was reading um, Louise Hay, uh, You Can Heal Your Life, and she has such an interesting viewpoint. And, um, you know, some she she has this thing where she says that, like, even before you were born, you chose your parents. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, that's not that's not possible. Um, but she says it like on a very spiritual sense, right? Like, you're coming into the world and let's say it was true that like you did choose your parents or you did choose your family. You did choose uh, whether you were born as a certain gender or you were born, you know, in a geographical location, right? Let's say you did have that choice. Isn't it perfect how we're given the situation that we need to overcome, right? Like, you know, we weren't all born like where we want to be. Growth is a part of human experience. So you were just given a set of data. 
And these are the things that you're working with in order to get to where you want to be. For me and my family, I would say like, I've learned so much by myself for what I need to do in order to grow financially and in the health perspective and the self-love perspective, because there's a lack of that surrounding me. But because of there was a lack of that, I chose to grow my awareness in that in order to move forward. And I know that if I keep moving forward, I'm going to change the entire trajectory of the, of my life, but also of my entire family's life, my cousin's life. If I ever get married, if I have kids, like I, I'm, I'm taking responsibility of that. So I'm grateful for whatever cards I was given or chose from the Louise Hay perspective. Yeah. And I'm using that to move forward. Um, like it doesn't matter, right? Like you're scrolling through Instagram. It's like, oh, look at them. They have everything. It's like, no, like they were given a set of cards too. Each of us are on our growth experience. It just depends on your level of awareness. And so it, it really is just a decision for you to sit down and not judge yourself in where you are. Take note of where you are in every area of your life, right? Like if you could scale it from, you can do that circle of life exercise, scale it from one to 10. Like, where are you right now? See the things you would have to do to change that, to improve that circle of life, the number average at least. And that already gives you a path of where you should be moving towards. And that's a beautiful thing. Growth is a human need. And so is contribution. And as you grow, you're able to contribute more. And that just gives you a really deep sense of fulfillment. And by the way, giving is like the number one way to cut your anxiety like right at its root. Because anxiety is just it's it's I mean, this sounds terrible, but it's selfish, right? Because you just keep thinking about yourself and your own world. But when you're able to just take that step out of that bubble and you're able to be like, how can I help someone today with what I know or what I can give? Can I give time? Can I give money? Can I call someone? Can I reach out and ask if like my friend is okay? Right. That will cut your anxiety right like right that second. So that's kind of the the circle, right? You have to improve yourself in order to be of more service to others. Yeah. Which it's it's a a virtuous cycle cuz the mm-hmm. more the more service you provide to others, the more you will grow. Mm-hmm. And the more you grow, the more you'll be able to help others and so yeah, definitely um I I think a lot about um I do a bunch of mentoring for people thinking about going to business school. Right. And one of the key questions is I'm at this point in my career. Is it too soon? Is it too late? Is it the right time? Mm -hmm. And one of the key things I always point back to is, do you feel like you have enough experiences for the things you're learning to have context? Mm. And do you feel like you have enough to share with others from your experiences and your understanding of what you're learning for them to hear your perspective on it and grow and learn subsequently? Because if you, you know, the debate is like, should you go straight out of undergrad? And it's like, well, economically, that works out much better. Like if you do the math on it, people who go straight from undergrad, the opportunity costs and like you do the cost benefit, it's a better case. Mm-hmm. However, 
Right. You haven't experienced so many things that will benefit your education and the education of your peers, which means your interactions with them, which means what you get back from them and how you grow. And it's this additive thing. Yeah. So, you know, the more, but it's all about contribution. Right. And that contribution cycles with the growth and they, they end up feeding on each other in a good way. Yes. Um, so speaking of growth, you've done a ton already, mm-hmm. but, but you ain't done. <laughs> What's, <laughs> what are you, not that you're worrying about what you're doing next, but where are you taking all this? What's your, what's your secret master plan? Let us in on the secret. Secret master plan. It's funny. Yeah. No pressure. By no the pressure. To, to have any of that. Um, what are you going to be when you grow up? Oh yeah. I, that question. It is, I mean, you know, what's funny about that question quick minor detour. Like it's the worst question. Um, yeah. Like every time someone asks that question to someone younger, right? Like yeah. I, I was asked that in high school, college right now. <laughs> and, um, right now as in like, you know, people I don't see in like two years and they're like, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm like, um, I'm kind of doing it already. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I think it's like such a weird question. I think it's like, who am I going to be? That's why I asked it. Yeah. It's like, who am I going (laughs) to be when I grow up? That's the question I really prefer. Um, Okay. So it's funny because I went to um, a Tony Robbins conference last month and I, last weekend I was in San Diego for the best year ever blueprint conference um, hosted by like the Miracle Morning uh, community and Hal and all those beautiful, wonderful people. Yeah. And it's really funny. I have, I feel like I'm moving forward. Like I already, I already have a vision for 2019, but I've literally reserved this Saturday to like put up, put my vision board together. And like, I've, I've like blocked out that time for myself because I really believe in the power of, um, vision boards, but I did make a vision board last month. (laughs) <laughs> is I, I make some all the time. And for me, the direction I'm moving forward with is continuing to talk about this do not worry message and all the different um, avenues with which this message could be applied, which I believe is every every angle of life could be, you know, could be benefited by practicing the do not worry mantra. Yeah. And I'm I'm starting coaching early next year and, um, setting up that right now with, um, a few of my coaches. Um, by the way, every coach has a coach. So just for the listeners out there, all yeah, all the good ones do. And so I'm always learning from the best and, you know, moving forward from there. I, I know I have a few speaking engagements lined up, but for me, the most important thing is um, just working on the motherboard. That's actually where I'm starting. Um, I literally was doing some math the other day. I was like, okay, if I have to spend 10,000 hours to rewire my motherboard, right? <laughs> um, 10,000 hours is like, you know, that's what professionals say when you do that. When you do one thing for 10,000 hours, like you become a master at it. Yeah. So I was doing math. I'm like, okay, well, what's 10,000 divided by 365? And it's like 28 hours. I'm like, there is no 28 hours in a day. So I can't. It's a leap year thing. Right. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. But um, I really am dedicated to spending an hour every morning on my mindset. 
like really just working on the motherboard because yeah. I just know that that's going to do leaps and bounds for me even past 2019, like for the rest of my life. It was a theme that came up when I was at the conference last weekend, just the amount of self-love one needs to have for themselves, the amount of belief one needs to have for themselves, the amount of mental and emotional mastery one needs to have over their thoughts in order to, you know, blaze forward in their lives. And I have, I have self-sabotaging thoughts daily, right? Mm -hmm. And for the lofty goals of how many people I want to impact in my life, I cannot have a faulty motherboard. <laughs> so yeah. that's, I mean, what I, what I preach is what I'm practicing, right? Like I am working on my mindset daily. And so learning how to use my body to get into peak physical and emotional state, that's a very Tony Robbins thing. Um, and just using, just using the tools I have in order to rewire this anxious brain that's been developing for, for in my life, 24 years. Right. And so I'm, I'm dedicated to, you know, being my, being my own best friend, being my own cheerleader, believing in myself more than I ever have before. It doesn't matter like how many things I've succeeded up until this date, I'm always reaching for something higher. And so for me to do that, I need to have constant and never ending improvement. And so I literally every Sunday night, I set up for my entire week, the hours I'm placing for my mindset work, for my physical health, for even just personal time or work time, just cutting, cutting those times out and really using them for my advantage. And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to what 365 days of mindset work is going to do for me. And that's not to say that I'm not going to be challenged. I will be challenged daily. Um, like number one, scrolling through social media and um, just all the other challenges my, that might be thrown my way. But, you know, it's the most worthwhile thing I know I'm ever going to do. Uh, working on my mindset because that's just going to help me help more people. And so I'm really grateful for that realization and where I'm moving towards. I love that. Yeah. That's so, uh, it's both self-aware to recognize where, you know, the, the self-sabotaging stuff, but you also, the way you talked about it, you're not beating yourself up for it. Yeah. You're aware of it and you're doing, mm -hmm. not self-sabotaging or doing, not worrying by mm -hmm setting up the structure and the, having those daily practices to purposefully make space to do something about it. And if you do the math on the 10,000 hours, if it's just an hour a day, that's like 30 years. Mm -hmm. That's very do a day about it. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. well, I'm not doing 30 years worth of this right now. And I don't need to worry about how many days or years there still are. It's like, Today, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And I'll be better today than I was yesterday because I will have put more work into myself and that's good. And it adds up. Yeah. It's just a totally different framing. I love that. Yeah. And I, the thing is, I look forward to doing this constant and never ending improvement in the areas, in all the areas for my mindset. 
Like I, I really look forward to it. I don't have an end goal. Um, I, I mean, sure. Like I can set a date like, Oh, by, uh, January 18th, 2028, I would have done 10,000 hours of like mindset work. But I, I want this to be a lifelong thing. I want to always improve my mindset. Uh, and that's, that's very do a day. I started smiling when you said that because it's really, it's like the compounding of like, I have today, I will work on my mindset today. And that's it. It's a really beautiful thing. Yeah. Very cool. All right. So there's a lot ahead. We're not going to see the last of you. I mean, you're going to be doing that daily practice into your 50s. So we got time to, you're going to keep doing it beyond that. For uh, sure. That's the point. But I, so there's some people who like that immediately turns them off. And for me, that's like awesome. So I, I at least know one thing I can do for myself for decades to come that's going to keep me growing. Mm-hmm. I don't need to look at it as like, oh my God, I got to wait till I'm 30 years from now before I've gotten there. It's like, well, why are you just trying to be done? Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or an ongoing thing. Right. Um, so where where can people find out about what you've done and stick with you on that journey? Because as you keep growing and building, the, I know the things that will come out of you to benefit others, either through your coaching or thought leadership or whatever. It's mm-hmm. stuff people need to keep an eye on. Yeah. Um, well, they can. Um, I love Instagram right? We just talked about social media, but I think, I think it's fun. Um, so you just like take back that whole conversation. Yeah. yeah take no, it back. Just... No, scroll, no. scroll away, you know, judge. My, no. my... It's all about your mindset while you're flicking your finger. <laughs> my hope is that when people scroll through my page that they don't feel, um, inferior or at least they just know that I'm an imperfect human being. And so that's what I post my imperfections. Um, so you can follow me. It's just my name, Natalie Johnji at Natalie Johnji. Um, my website is nataliejohnji.com. Um, I decided to keep it simple. I've bought a few more domains lately, but we'll start from there. And, um, yeah, Facebook is also a good way. You can just follow me on Facebook. Um, just Natalie Johnji. Yeah. And I, I keep posting my updates there and I, I look forward to chatting with you about how do not worry can impact your life in every area of your life. That's awesome. And you are super responsive and yeah, less so on Twitter, like you're saying, but mm-hmm. in general, um, and you, I mean, people can get it. Like you care about what you're talking about and you care about the impact that it has on people's lives. So yeah you've put a ton of yourself into all this, mm-hmm. which I love. Thank you. And you've put a ton into this interview spanning. I mean, this is probably the longest I've ever had, <laughs> if you include the total elapsed <laughs> time from start to end. Yeah. Um, for the listeners, we've edited out about two weeks in between. Right. Of just dead space. Um, <laughs> no, but I'm so glad we got to we got to keep going with it. And yeah. the funny thing that people don't know is like, you were in the middle of this just unbelievably amazing quote or line. Yeah. And then it cut out and I'm like, and you're like, and you can go. I'm like, go where? Where can you go? <laughs> I mean, but I think you, yeah. you were a pro. We picked it back up. You got it back together. I mean, well, you guys, like, just imagine I'm like sitting and talking to myself for 30 seconds going on like my fabulous rant. And just knowing that, number one, all the lights in my room just turned off. And I was like, I don't know what the heck just happened, but I'm going to keep talking. And then all of a sudden I noticed that the internet is cut out and I'm like, well, crap. Like, 
the you broke the internet i broke no the wind the wind in california broke the power lines which broke the internet (laughs) i don't know i think you said some profound stuff and that ignited the winds yeah let's go with that (laughs) yeah yeah, we'll go with that one see like you're talking yourself down you have great power okay i'll take it brian i'll take it (laughs) all right um well thank you so much for this time and for the inspiration like i i love doing these things because i get a ton out of it the only problem is i need to stay on top of my game as a host and sometimes i'm just like absorbing and taking it in. i'm like oh wait i'm supposed to be talking right now let me let me just like park my own growth for a second hey i'm taking notes too i'm on the other end taking notes all the time cool cool yeah um are you do you have your notes about how we close things out are you ready to help me on the show yeah i'm ready to go all right today is a new day Go out and do it. Awesome. And do not worry while you're doing it. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Natalie, thanks so much. Thank you, Ryan. Do not worry. How awesome is that? It's so simple. And it's like, I love finding these little phrases where if you just stress the words a little bit differently, if you say them slightly differently, the meaning is profoundly different. So what are you going to do to not worry? What actions can you take in the things you face in your life every day. So you don't worry. So you move ahead. So you overcome, you achieve, and you start making progress on your goals. She's so, so spot on with that idea that like, you have to have thanks and gratitude and appreciation for where you are, even if it's not where you want to be. Because it's a step, even if it's the first step where you've gotten nowhere yet. The fact that you're recognizing it is part of that journey. So appreciate it. See it for what it is. Have that self-respect, that self-love that I'm always going on and on about. Natalie's so insightful to see that at this point in her life. And she shares it in such a great way. I hope you took something from it. I absolutely did. I've re-listened to this episode several times. And uh, just, it's awesome. So a huge thank you to Natalie for giving me this time. Give me the time twice because we did get cut off in the middle. She lost power during the recording and uh, we had to go back and kind of like start again, but start halfway through. So we, we kept it going, but um, it was great. So great to connect with her. I hope you all took something from it. I, I shouldn't even say that. I know you did. You have to. If you're listening, you took something from it. So check Natalie's stuff out. Check out the Miracle Morning, the college edition, the planner that she created for the entire ecosystem of the Miracle Morning uh, and, and start on that path. You know, you, you can definitely inspire a completely different existence every morning if you want to. And so, so in line with Do A Day, I love it. Check out Natalie. Check out more about Do A Day and about me. Head over to brianfalchuk.com. You can see everything I'm up to, whether it's articles I put out or events that are coming up. Maybe there's a speaking event or a course that I'm a part of. You can check all that out. And of course, if you haven't subscribed to this show, if you've gotten this far, you might as well subscribe, right? You get into the end of the show, you got to subscribe. You got to be a part of this whole movement, get every episode when they come out and keep getting that inspiration. And if you haven't read Do A Day, it's an easy read. But it's not about the simplicity of the read. It's about how profound the impact on you can be. So take a couple of hours on yourself to take the content in and then start doing that work going forward. Just go to doadaybook.com. You can get it any bookseller you get books at, whether it's paperback, electronic, audio, whatever you want. I've put them out in every form so you can grab it there. 
I hope you guys enjoy the episode and I will, well, I won't see you again next time, but hope you listen next time and take in some more inspiration. Thanks so much and keep on doing it.